All right, here we are, Bill. Hey, oh. We're back. We're back at Edison Park Inn. The lovely, lovely Edison Park Inn. The lovely Edison Park Inn. It's so gracious to uh, let us All out four here. Of us. Actually, the manager's in Mexico, I found out today, so oh. he might not even know we're here. Yeah, he, he might be care. trespassing. Um, I'm so glad that our guest, we have a guest today. And we actually, actually have a guest. And he actually showed up. It's actually panned out. Yes. We, uh, I would like to introduce to you, the listening audience, a good friend of the show, Stuart Allard. Welcome. Hello. Um, I got to say, let me, uh, let, me, let me just introduce you properly. Local improviser, writer, comedian. Um, he's, he wears a lot of different hats. Mm-hmm. And... Um, the the one thing the one thing that we promoted on Facebook was Stu News. Stu News, yeah, I saw that. So I, I'd love to get into that a little bit, Stuart, mm-hmm. if you wouldn't mind. Sure. Um, what get what? W- how did that come about? How did this whole thing come about? That's a good question. Um, well, I always had an interest in basically just kind of writing jokes. I mean, I did stand up on and off when I was in community college and when I uh, I got my bachelor's at Illinois State, and somewhere around. Um, I would say maybe like in the summer, fall of 2009 or so, you know, I started just kind of posting jokes on my uh, Facebook profile or, or on my Facebook newsfeed. Not necessarily topical stuff, but just kind of just like random wry observations. Were you keeping track of numbers? Like every time I post a status, I'm like, yeah, eight likes. Yes. <laughs> yes, I was. Winner. I still am. <laughs> Isn't that great? Like anytime I That's do That's how something. Bill Murray got started too. Who? Bill Murray. Bill Murray? Yeah. He'd just wait around and be, be like, mm-hmm. oh, I like that. And be like, it's oh, great. I, 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 yeah, and I, back I, I, when they had Facebook on a telegraph, mm-hmm. I, and I think like to me, a like is the same thing as a laugh. You got somebody to laugh, I think, right? I think so. Yeah, I mean, social network laugh. Okay, because think they about should do that. They should have laughs like think, Facebook mm. haws. Yeah, well, th- well, if you think about it, if you really think about it, the easiest thing in the world to do is click a, mo- a button on the mouse. Mm-hmm. But you really, somebody's really, unless you're one of those guys that likes everything. I, got, I try and pick and choose my what I what I like because Very I don't want to be that in guy. His likes. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, uh, I don't know, and and that's no I, I don't the thing the thing that I don't like about the Facebook pages is I don't always get like I follow a lot of these pages, and occasionally I'll see a Stu News one, mm-hmm. but a lot of times I, I'd maybe say I would see forty percent of them, mm-hmm. and I think that's the way Facebook controls it. Do you ever have? Uh, any concerns with that? Like you put it out there, like maybe you thought it was unsuccessful, but maybe a lot of people didn't see it. I have been kind of concerned with that. I I, I keep track of uh, of uh, like the site traffic for Stu News, and I noticed that whenever I actually remember exactly like when they changed the, uh, um, the layout and everything. Well, I probably part of it was the layout. Part of it was the um, it's uh, the mathematical quotient or whatever they yeah. use. They, there's some kind of mm-hmm. equation where, mm-hmm. and for good reason, they don't want you know, you don't reason. they they don't want you to be able to bomb somebody's news feed and just kind of take it over, you know. Oh yeah. Not that not that Stu News would do that, but you'd you'd follow a page mm-hmm. and it's like your whole feed's filled kittens. up with everything yeah, that they put on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. gotcha. I noticed that I was going from like maybe like 200 page views a day to maybe half that. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. tough. And you're like, what yeah. did I do wrong? Mm-hmm. So it now what 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 gave you the idea to do that? Is it is it uh, just something that you were right? You were making you know putting status on Facebook and mm-hmm. and how did it grow into this? And then uh, well after that point when I was in level three of I O I decided to finally take a writing class at I O. And it was taught by Nate Herman who uh, was a writer on Saturday Night Live in like the Eddie Murphy Joe Piscopo era like oh, okay. uh, like that period in the 80s where Lauren Michaels wasn't on the show yeah, he that was, was, that was uh, yeah it was kind it was a topsy-turvy time it, it was, was a, it's a weird cast you don't see a lot of those on best ofs really that's true I mean yeah, you pretty much have every now and again yeah mm-hmm. or the synchronized swimming one with Harry Shearer oh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, which was and uh, you know Nate also gave us you know you know the occasional tidbits about like uh, you know who wrote what sketch from that era and, oh, sure. you know what a lot of people were like you know, but again, he, he, I mean, um, there's been so much misconceptions about, like, Eddie Murphy's time on the show. He really was a, a really great guy. Um, and, you know, not egotistical at all. You know, he's, I mean, the dude started, started from scratch. You know, he, oh, he, I mean, he kept tied with his roots. I liked Gumby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I like Velvet Jones. Eddie Murphy. Be somebody. <laughs> Be a hoe. <laughs> you know, Eddie, Eddie is one of those guys that, like, you can't mm-hmm. help but love. And, and I just kind of mm-hmm. scratch my head. It's like, why can't this guy get a good movie? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, he's got track, and, and but there's, 
it just seems like and maybe it's just not my taste of stuff. Mm. He's had some okay ones, but uh, you know, th- like a guy like Will Ferrell gets mm-hmm. a, a lot, a lot of good scripts, and I think it's because mm-hmm. of his buddies. And maybe he's just not interested. I hear stuff like he's yeah. recording music. I'm like, I don't know. Where and he did record some music in the '80s and early '90s. Yeah. He had kind of like an R&B thing going on. I was excited for a while there. He was going to host the Oscars. And then and, um, that, that yeah. fell through. Yeah, what th- I can't remember who was going to direct it. Uh, the guy who was supposed to produce it made some gay slur yeah, or something like that. Yeah, and yeah. And he bailed, and, and Eddie yeah. said, if he's out, I'm out. And, and then they bring in Billy that. Crystal for the umpteenth time. Yeah, that, that tired game. Default. <laughs> Billy Crystal's far more I talented I mean, Billy Crystal am, made Jay Leno fresh and innovative. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. That's good, because I'm an, it's an anti-Jay Leno show, so... Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so so I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. So you took the writing class at I.O.? Uh, yes, and at the time they offered, uh, well, when I started they had three levels. Then they added a fourth level when I was in level three. They've no. added a fifth level since then that I haven't taken yet. Did they add the, four, the fourth level while you were like, you're like, all right, I'm almost done. And then they're like, oh, eight more weeks. I mean, it was just, uh, I mean, it was certainly a class I was interested in, so sure. I took a term off, and then I took writing four. Oh, okay, cool. Very but cool. I haven't taken writing five yet. Really? Now, is that something you have to be invited to? Because I know with the Improv Olympics, a lot of times, though, it wasn't that phone you were telling me about? No, that, um, well, the, I mean, so I, I know like that, like, second s- level or something? Or? No, I think, well, with with I.O. and Second you City, they have a... Tra- Dave? Yeah, <laughs> no. There's, there's, there's training classes that you mm-hmm. pay for, and you move through through the program. Mm-hmm. Um, there are things you have to be invited into, like um, like the conservatory, don't you? you have right, to you audition. have to audition for the conservatory. Yeah. 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 With the writing program, it's like, if you want to take writing one, you can just register for writing one. Right. And then if you finish writing one, then you have the option of taking two. If you finish two, you have the option of taking three, and yeah. so forth. Is it, is it, do they primarily focus on writing for sketch comedy or is it for writing two did yeah. uh writing one was basically writing that basically your uh your standard late night writing packet that packet that you submit to late night talk shows so that would include uh-huh. the monologue jokes plus also writing like the desk pieces writing like possible like maybe like a john stewart type current events rant okay um and that's, that's did you ever submit anything? I have. I've sent stuff out to New York and L.A. Yeah? I really haven't heard back, though. Well, there's probably so many. It's tough. It, it kind of hurts that I'm in Chicago and not yeah. in Palm Springs. So. Yeah. yeah but, but, you know, I got to say, with, with, with writing aside, with, with stuff like um, Saturday Night Live's pulled a lot of people from Chicago recently. Oh, yes. You know? Oh, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're always around. pulling people from Chicago, it seems. Yeah. It's um, I actually was in the same level of I.O. with Claire Mullaney. Really? Yes. Oh, uh, Claire Mullaney, kid sister of John Mullaney, the stand-up comedian. Um, I mean, more of an actress than anything. So I was kind of a pleasantly surprised. I was pleasantly surprised to see that she had been hired as a writer. But I, I think they probably hired her as someone who is more inclined to like flesh out an idea rather sure. than bang it out on the old PC. Sure. Yeah, that's and writing's so tough. Yeah, I've never. I can't keep my attention focused on something mm-hmm. long Yeah, I was going to say, you had me at that whole just throwing out <coughs> the idea thing. Mm-hmm. Like, conceptually, I can say words like just, hey, yeah. just do this, but, like, mm-hmm. putting bring it into paper. fruition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, no. and especially stuff like Stu News, which I, which I mm-hmm. you know, you can scroll through the timeline. I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of stuff on here. Mm-hmm. Um, more recent one. This one's from earlier today. Um, now, I'm going to screw it up with the delivery, so I apologize for butchering this, but... You're forgiven. Get the drum roll <laughs> ready. Yeah, here we go. It says, uh, uh, mayonnaise is the uh, America's most purchased condiment. You pay for it with your stomach and thighs. Now, the delivery doesn't Ding. do the joke yeah. the joke justice, but I'm reading it as if Seth Meyers is reading it on mm. on, on update. You know, So there's mm-hmm. a science to writing it, and there's d- got to be a science to delivery. Yes, yes. And it's tricky dealing with delivery when you're, ba- when you're pretty much – you know, writing and posting because no one can hear you saying that, of course. Right. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, you know, I'll kind of run the gamut. I, I mean, it's, I guess the ultimate final say is whether or not it's funny. Because sometimes I'll do something that's like a little corny or sometimes I'll do something that's a little highbrow. You know, maybe throw a penis joke in the mix. Right. There's nothing, wor- there's nothing go wrong, wrong with a dick joke. joke. There's nothing wrong that's with true. that. That's true. We have a show on panty jokes last week, so I mean. But I mean, mm. just just the wording. A, a, a guy that I look up to a lot, like Jerry Seinfeld, mm. uh, prime example. I was listening to Howard Stern this morning, which I do. Mm. It's where I steal most of my material for this show. Mm. Not not really, but 
um, is a heavy influence. Yeah, disclaimer. he he's he's got a well, he's got a great way of interviewing people. And I, mm. I I just I look up to that, and he has good dick jokes as well. Mm-hmm. But um, Jerry Seinfeld was, was had called in and and Howard had said something. I think he was talking about being young and Jewish and in New York and and mm-hmm. and he was hard up. He was talking. He said the term hard up in, in reference to his being backed up sexually when he was younger mm-hmm. and Jerry Seinfeld picked up on that and he started laughing. He's like, that's a funny word H- hard up for, for that type of, <laughs> but just like the, the words and a guy like Seinfeld, who's a master at it, mm-hmm. just picking apart the words. I mean, you have two sentences to do one of these one liner monologue jokes. Mm-hmm. How hard, like how much thought do you put into the words or does that just come to you? Um, I mean, it, it can go either way. I mean, sometimes it'll just come to me and then sometimes I, Maybe I'll, I might dwell on a little bit, but typically it's the jokes that come, that just come naturally that are the ones that tend to work better. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just not something where you it's it's not gonna sound funny if you second guess yourself. That's, that was my problem with with uh, Stuart and I. I, I don't think I, we didn't mention it on the air, but uh, Stuart and I went to I O together, and he was mm. he was a, a great. Everybody was there was great and far more talented than than myself, <laughs> and I realized that right away. But the the fun thing was was. How, how how generous everybody was and it wasn't mm-hmm. like uh i've got to get my time on the stage mm-hmm. or anything like that and it was really kind of cool to work with with people and people like Stuart who was who mm-hmm. was really uh, really giving on stage you know mm-hmm. he'd, he'd, he'd always set mm-hmm. you up and, and he'd try and return the favor but i would be the guy that was stuck in my head you know <laughs> mm-hmm. like i got an idea i'm gonna jump out there and do it and i'm like oh wait wait no no wait i'll do it this way and then next thing <laughs> you know the se- scene's process. over <laughs> one of the central tenets of improv is that if you ever feel stuck, you have an entire group standing on stage with you that will support the living crap out of you. Yeah, yeah, and 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 how supportive everybody was was really mm-hmm. was really cool at IL. Mm-hmm. Now you have you you've done other um have done other classes? Have you done the annoyance? I did annoyance up to level three. Yeah, how how was that and how is that different? I, I don't want to say good or bad, but yeah, how is it me, different? Give me some insight. I'm not too familiar yeah. with this. Well, um. There's an analogy that Rachel Mason made, and uh, hopefully I'm referring to the right person. If I.O. is the heart and Second City is the brain, then the annoyance is kind of the X factor. I tend to tell people it's like the small intestine. <laughs> uh, I thought he was going to go with penis. But what I mean by X factor is that it kind of lets you kind of let your freak flag fly a little bit. Sure. You could just do something weird and then try to, you know, try to make sense of that in a scene. It's really more about supporting yourself as well as supporting your scene partner. Sure. Sure. Do you have a favorite improviser that you've seen? I know you, I know that you're you, you've been to a lot of shows. Mm-hmm. Um, is there is there somebody out there that you've seen that you think like I I've seen TJ from TJ and Dave who's mm-hmm. amazing and mm-hmm. And, and I so don't is know David Pasquazzi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They both are. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. They're both amazing. Um, but I haven't seen I haven't seen their show together. And so mm-hmm. I have. I've, even when I was a student, I couldn't get tickets to that dang show. Mm-hmm. But uh, mm-hmm. um, is there is there any is there anyone in particular that you've worked with or seen that that really kind of? Uh, there are just so many that I've I've liked over the years. You know, uh, Lindsay Haley, who actually just moved to California. She's trying her luck at. Uh, do some stage stuff out there. I mean, find some TV and movie work. Uh, Tara De Francisco. Uh, I actually about four months ago, I actually did a set at the Lincoln Loft with Joy Romaine. Really? Yeah. Uh, really wonderful guy. Uh, one of the first I/O performers that I really liked, or uh, at least made an impression on me, was Timmy Mays. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, Timmy Mays. He's kind of this like tall, skinny, gawky guy, and he has kind of this like weird hype kind of this weird kind of high almost like falsettoish voice and but at the same time i mean he's just so limber i mean he's i mean the base the guy is basically just this one big noodle and he really uses his body to full effect huh. um it's 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 so fun when you, mm-hmm. you you know you work you work with and i haven't performed anything outside of like our, our graduation classes so I, but mm-hmm. uh, and it's Stuart again was nice enough he involved me on some we had some I don't want to say rehearsals, but he found some stage time. And, and mm-hmm. Stuart, you're a master at finding stage time. <laughs> Thank you. And and uh, I've been on the bar prov scene for about two and a half years now. Yeah, but I love bar prov. That's about so he gets it's it's almost like mm-hmm. I don't want to say open, almost like open mic for mm-hmm. for improv, but but you've set it up in advance mm-hmm. and always generous and, and invited everybody in the group and not just like you know 
the, the three or four not months, you, you know? <laughs> yeah okay dave you can go to yeah i can see types up the email and sends he's like oh crap i put the email there hey, dave mind getting us some beers <laughs> no, i remember this uh one bar prop thing we did uh david i'm sure will remember this i um set up a slot at the underground lounge on newport and sheffield this was i guess maybe about april 2012 or so sure and I, I kind of partially kind of planned it out for my class, but I basically just turned into like this epic jam, and 12 people showed up for this. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> now, if it, with bar prof, mostly it's like duos, trios, quartets, but basically we went on stage, and it was like over half the audience basically went <laughs> on stage, and we basically just did this series of group scenes. <laughs> it was that's pretty good. It was a lot of fun, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, 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 and to me, I didn't. Mm -hmm. it didn't matter to me how many people were watching. I just, mm -hmm. it was a fun time to, I think it was, we had just started our, our level six performances. And you were 5B, yeah. Yeah, 5B, yeah. And, and um, it was just cool to get outside of the class and get mm -hmm. on stage and get comfortable. It. it was really yeah. fun. It was like, a, uh, of the 12 of us, it was a mix. I would say about two-thirds of the, of the group, like eight out of the 12, were from our class. Yeah. And then... The other four were actually from my independent team. Really? Because at the time I was on an independent team called the War Room, and it was like a genre improv thing oh, that was inspired right. by like war, combat. Um, the Everything funny, basically, is what you're saying. <laughs> yes, I mean yeah. we were kind of inspired. We we were we would watch like war movies. We read *All Quiet on the Western Front*. Oh jeez. Yeah, I mean we would just uh, sometimes we would get like an obscure suggestion, and then we would do like research after that show. Oh, that, there you go. Mm-hmm. So that's um, in, in, in speaking of you know bar prov and improv. I know mm -hmm. Stu. I think Sunday, if you don't mind me bringing it up, uh, go right ahead. Is this a continuing thing. Uh, you had a, you had a show that you're producing. That's correct. Um, that I'm taking my stab at uh, actually. I felt like producing was the next logical step for me. So um, uh, at the moment, I'm producing a show called House of Stewart. It's a variety show. It's a mix of sketch, stand up, and improv, and it's running running uh, Sundays. At 7.30 at Studio B in Lakeview. That's oh, uh, 3110 North Sheffield. So just south of Belmont. Oh, very cool. Wow. Yeah. So how, how, did, what, how did this come up? How did, this, how did you get the idea to, to, do, um, to do that? I mean, it sounds like a lot mm -hmm. that you're putting in one show, which I love. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? It's easy, it's easy to get into that if you have sketch mm -hmm. and improv and stand-up. How, how well, did that come about? I had kind of flirted with the idea for a while, and then after I had finished uh, the conservatory program at Second City, I graduated in September 2013. Oh, congratulations. Uh, we got to talk about that, too. So. Yes. Uh, we'll get back to that. <laughs> well, actually, before I graduated, I had found a flyer at the Gorilla Tango Theater about, okay. uh, you know, basically setting up a show, and I had been in contact with one of the managers there, and we um, basically arranged for, like, um, it would be for like one hour on like on a Wednesday night. It was like 9 p.m. Wednesday nights at the Gorilla Tango in Bucktown. Not the one in, all the way out in uh, Skokie, but the one okay. in Bucktown. Yeah, it's like off of Milwaukee or Lincoln or something. Yeah, Milwaukee and Western, yes. There you go. And um, I mean, it was my first time. So I was treating it ultimately as a learning experience. This, so this it was last mattered. one was your first time? or the, uh, Well, the original show was the, my, was the first time the first sure. time he did was the first time he did Dave yeah. keep mm -hmm. up for clearing it and that in itself was the learning experience because it was a matter of booking guests and sure. timing out everything and um, luckily the first guy I had asked to be my tech guy said yes right and then he ended up becoming my business partner oh very cool yeah yeah so uh, um, as far as the <laughs> as far as learning experience goes you know I had acts canceling at the last minute you know oh, but luckily I had it. like but luckily I had a backup plan um, Imagine at that. the same time. <laughs> Imagine that. Wow, that sounds a, a backup plan. We get we we can. You know what? I want to be a producer. Dave. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Change my name on the way. Yeah. So it's like if I had a comedian back out, at least I had like another comedian that I could just message on Facebook, and then um, I had like one sketch act uh, who had to uh, back out, and then rep I replaced him with another improv group. So when somebody does that to you, mm -hmm. um, somebody backs out, and and you can tell if somebody's just. BS I tell them to give them at legit. least 48 hours notice. Yeah, so if somebody sticks you at the last minute, 
Are you just like, you know what, that's fine. I'm not going to ask you to do another one of these because I can't depend on you? Or do you yeah, do it's, like a It's situational. Yeah. Luckily, I haven't had anyone back out on the same day. Oh, that's huge. God yeah. forbid. Uh, I, I told him, you know, give me, 48, give me 48 hours notice if something comes up. Right. It's the least you could do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Especially, you know, you're putting a show on and you got, you know, if, if you're producing a show at a theater, you're, they're expecting mm-hmm. some people to show up. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah. And, uh. Well, that was the other thing because uh, Gorilla Tango geographically did work to my advantage. I really struggled to get to put button seats, really. You know, to sell right. tickets, and um, I think altogether, I think I sold like ten tickets in four weeks. Wow. Yeah. Were you pulling your hair out, or were you well, just? I'm, well, I'll put it this way: or? I'm still paying it off. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, so you have to you have to rent the hall, and I have to rent the space. And wow. Ooh. Yeah. And uh, again, I only made ten percent of my money back. Wow. Yeah. That's tough, man. That's mm-hmm. that's a tough investment, and 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 I'm guilty because I, I haven't gone to one yet. But you know, th- things come up, and mm-hmm. and but but you hope that if you're having a, a group up and mm-hmm. or, or a comedian that they're going to bring s- some of their friends potentially, you know, and that, mm-hmm. that's that's what I think would be the hope. So that's tough. So so what what if, what was your did. Did you have to try and rethink how you were going to approach this stuff then? Yes. Um, well, I wasn't happy with the name, and I felt like, again, I felt like I was at a disadvantage being in that part of the city. Right. So I basically almost started from square one with the second show, the show I'm producing now. Sure. So I changed the name, changed the venue, um, no, changed I, the time, changed the day of the week, too, because Wednesdays were just so busy for other people so right. i moved it to sundays and then uh so now so then i went over to studio b which was actually a lot more cost effective to rent the space really and then it's like yeah. whatever money we made with tickets went right into our pockets right oh that's, that's kind of nice. that's huge yeah yeah and um i kind of like the idea of putting your name on on the show because then mm-hmm. it's i you know we put our names on this show but i i mm-hmm. think then it's more personal you're gonna take it more mm-hmm. seriously like i think if we just name this uh you know, I was thinking about taking my name off this show. The yeah, yeah I know the way it's been going. No, but we actually have listeners. About. I actually have people from out of town saying, hey, I checked out the show, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, all the way in Des Plaines. Yeah, yeah, all the way in Des Plaines. <laughs> we're growing. <laughs> Today, Des Plaines, tomorrow, Niles. <laughs> we have one listener in Rockford, but, you know, we'll take it. We'll how take it. He? How old is he, Dave? No, no, it's not uh, my kid. It's not my kid. He's <laughs> just yeah. He goes, hey, great show, but you need to do more current events, man. You know, like that, that kind of guy. Mm-hmm. But um, what's the deal? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Gotcha. But I think when you put your name on something, it's more personal. I think when you invite mm-hmm. people you know from Facebook and it's got your name attached mm-hmm. to it, they're probably more inclined to go, I would think. Super Bowl Sunday is a tough one. but Yes, and I was so afraid I wasn't going to sell any tickets on Super Bowl Sunday. But luckily, four people showed up. I, I like the promotion that you were mm-hmm. doing, too. He was like, and I don't want to blow up the spot, but he was like, Buy if Super you Bowl wear ad. any – Football apparel, anything. I'll give you two dollars off your ticket or yep. something. I was selling eight dollar tickets, but six if you're wearing Bears gear, Packers gear, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah anything. That works. Which is great. Which yeah. is cool. The only time I've tolerated anyone wearing a Brett Favre jersey. Oh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> Four people. One of them wears a Brett Favre jersey. Ah. Right. <laughs> Damn you. Yeah. So, so how how was the the show? Did it go as planned? Were there hiccups? Um, there was only like one hiccup early on. Sure. Uh, because. Um, I was doing it. I was started the show with a blackout with, uh, actually one of the sketch teams that was performing that night. Uh, it was a duo called tandem. Okay. Uh, it was a play on words Whatever. T yeah. and M. So oh. they spelled it tandem All right. and in honor of the initials of the members of the group, Teresa and Matthew. And, um, I was, uh, I mean, I had messaged them early in the week if they were interested in doing this blackout I had written. Um, the blackout itself is called Pregprov. Okay. We pretend that we go on stage as an improv team called Pregprov, Pregnant Improv. Nice. And Teresa was going to basically like stuff like something under her shirt to make it look like she was very pregnant. And the joke was, I basically go out, I ask for a suggestion of anything. Um, I think someone nailed out pillows. <laughs> and then Teresa basically makes like this, this big physical move, and then we both scream, No! <laughs> 
Now, what happened was I didn't have, I mean, we did like one run through backstage, but I didn't have time to tell him that, you know, once the song was over, we have some pregame music playing, um, pre-show music playing. That At the end of that last song was the cue. Okay. And then just as uh, we had done our run through, then I saw the lights fade. Oh, no. So then we had the run out, and then I went out and and they basically were standing behind me. Patrice had not put her scarf under her shirt yet. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and it was like, uh, so she, so I introduced myself as, we are preg prog, pregnant improv, and then Teresa runs, like, backstage and, like, stuffs her scarf under her shirt. And, like, in a split second, I, I felt like it, I, I felt like I, maybe I got some pity laughs there. Sure. Yeah. yeah but other than that, uh, you know, the monologue went well. And obviously, you know, Stu News jokes or jokes I hadn't posted yet. Sure. Or obviously testing material. And then a couple of improv teams performed. Um, I had a stand-up do about like a 12-minute set. We had an intermission. And then, um, excuse me, McGarnacle, who is a long-running improv duo that I've been playing City were my co-host for the night. So we were splitting the cost four ways. Oh, that's nice. So between me, my co my business partner and McGarnacle, uh, they basically took up the second hour of the show. Because, it's a, because House of Stewart is a two hour show. And they ended up doing basically a forty minute set as McGarnacle. And oh, what wow. was really cool is that uh, McGarnacle is also kind of like a genre thing. It's like a improvised seventies cop show. Nice. You Where basically Peter? you have one actor playing the same character throughout the whole thing, and he's McGarnacle. Nice. And he's kind of this crusty old New York cop. And then his scene partner plays, pretty much plays all the other characters. <laughs> and it was and basically... I could, I could behind that, yeah. Mm -hmm. I could watch that. That, that. that never gets old. Look Just your luck, they're coming TV. back on the 23rd. Really? Yes, February 23rd. Oh, yeah, uh I, I I saw that I saw that you, mm -hmm. you posted about the show and I really wanted to see it but mm -hmm. you know it's, it, Super Bowl Sunday is tough but I wanted to get out there and check it out. You're you're one of the nicest guys I've ever met. You're, you're really kind Aww. of a, kind of an even keel guy. I just want to let you know I'm not looking for a commitment at the moment. Sure, sure. <laughs> but if you back <laughs> off, Dave. I know. What, what no, me I know you're married. When something goes I'm no home wrecker. <laughs> this isn't that kind of show, Dave. When something goes horribly wrong. I like you know, or, or a little hiccup is a little hiccup. But mm -hmm. when you're producing a show and something goes horribly wrong, do we see a different type of Stuart? Is it like, God damn it, somebody's mm. gonna get fired and <laughs> screaming and throwing glasses and oh boy, I have not had anything that went like completely, completely <laughs> wrong yet. But it's I've kind of had to kind of just like be on my feet about it. Sure, you know, it's it's like. You know, if someone backs out, you know, at least I maybe have, like, some material that I'll bring on stage. Sure. Like, uh, with the third Allard program, that was the, what it was called before it was House of Stewart. That was the Grill Tango show. Um, I actually had a show that was running short. Okay. So I ended up doing, like, a little bit of stand-up about midway through the show. Part of it worked. Part of it didn't. Yeah. Because I was sharing a couple of, like, baseball-related stories. It was sure. Game 6 of the World Series. Okay. Oh no, game one. It was then I was game one. Okay. Game six was the next week, and I was sharing a story that I had, uh, an experience that I had at a uh, at the Peoria Chiefs stadium. Okay. Um, is that the same? Is that the same league as like the King County Cougars? That's or? correct. That yeah, is okay. Class A Midwest League. Yeah. At the time, they were the Cubs affiliate. Right. And I'm an autograph hound. Right. I collect sports players autographs i've been doing this since junior high i oh, haven't stopped man. do you have a favorite i've got i mean i've got some stories yeah. yeah uh well before i get back to the chief story um i actually was able to get a couple of guys to the mail that i've been trying to get since i was like 13 14 years old and really? i actually got them last year really? i found like their home addresses online and i was actually able to get like baseball cards signed that's by them that's the internet that is, that is awesome <laughs> i got like that kevin appier great. and uh tom kelly wow no you ever have anybody that refused to sign? Well, you know, through the mail is a crapshoot. Yeah. It's just like, you know, sometimes they sign, sometimes they don't. Maybe sometimes you won't have the right address. Right. Superstars typically don't do, like, the freebie through the mail thing. Sure. You know, good luck getting Derek Jeter. Good luck getting, like, Albert Pujols. Sure. Um, See, if I received a request like that and it was the wrong address, I'd, I I'd would, go I'd with it. I'd sign it. Why I'd not? Sign I'd just it. go with it. 
yeah. even though your neighbor is pretty much handing you your mail. Right. <laughs> you got to come up with if you're going to do the home the you know write it's a like, letter it's to somebody. It's like it's 3715 not 3717 you dummy. Uh, <laughs> I say we set up a PO box. And you have to come up with a good story like mm-hmm. uh, a good backstory and sign it. Mm-hmm. You got to write like a kid. And yeah, <laughs> I, I I pretty much have kind of like a generic like like two paragraph letter that I I put in the mail and then I make sure that it says do not bend on the envelope. Oh, that's cool. Th- yeah, that's worth a shot. Why not? That's that's an, I didn't know that about you. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I like autographs too. I I've got a handful, hmm. but uh, I have nowhere to hang them. I have a two bedroom condo and I I keep them in top loaders. Oh, there those you go. those little plastic slab things yeah. that you you put you put them in a paint sleeve and then you put them in the. There you go. Yeah. How many would you say you have, roughly? Ooh, as far as cards go? Yeah. Man, good question. It's, it's got to be somewhere in the triple digits. Wow. Yeah. Because wow. I figured I was, I think at some point I was averaging about 15 or 20 a year. And, you know, Amazing. going back to 1998. Man. I feel lazy all of a sudden. <laughs> Man. That's and plus, you know, also autograph cards that I've pulled in packs of cards as well. Mostly baseball or? I, I, I do the big four. The baseball, big four. football, basketball, hockey. But baseball takes up nearly half my collection. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, cool. I was at a Peoria Chiefs Fort Wayne Dragons game. I remember the exact name of the opponent because oh they've changed their name since then. <laughs> the Fort Wayne Dragons. They wore purple and green. Oh. They were the Padres affiliate. <laughs> and um, well, at the time was the first at the time the uh, the Peoria Chiefs manager was a, a guy you've probably never heard of, but someone who I've been pursuing since grade school. His name was Ryan Sandberg. <laughs> Never heard of him. I, you know, no. the name sounds familiar, but I just yeah, can't. Yeah, didn't he it. write like a poem about Chicago? Or am I thinking of Carl Sandburg? Um, uh, or Carl Jr. or something. Yeah. Yeah, that's no, that's the yeah. chili. You get like a burger and chili. Realize, I didn't realize. Did he really co- I didn't realize he coached in Peoria for some reason. He was, um, well, before he became manager of the Phillies, right. which he is now, he was, he cut his teeth as a coach as the Cubs single A manager. Yeah, I remember, I remember that. I didn't realize it was Peoria. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's this, and of course, you know, everybody knows that, you know, Sandberg is basically like the BMOC in town. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. the, yeah. And he doesn't mind being in a small market like this. He's a modest guy. Right. I mean, he, you know, where he cut his teeth. So yeah. anyway, uh, I, I walked to the stadium. And of course, there's this huge line to get Rhino. I, there's this line that's about 20 rows deep, you know, right by the Chiefs dugout. Right. So I'm standing in line, and... Oh, maybe 20 rows deep is probably not is probably a conservative guess. Maybe we're like 25 rows. Maybe sure. all the way up to the concession stand. I don't know. But anyway, but so I'm about halfway down there. Maybe I'm about row 12 or 13. And all of a sudden, a yellow helicopter flies overhead into the ballpark <laughs> and lands in center field. And it was just like, it was just like, why is there a helicopter in the ballpark? And it just like lands like right smack in center field. Yeah. And I'm, and just and then a guy in a yellow polo shirt and black slacks jumps out, and he basically runs right towards the middle of the field. He basically <laughs> runs right out to the pitcher's mound, and then out comes the, like the Chiefs catcher, whoever was catching that night, and he basically just kind of like half-ass throws like the ball for like the, the opening pitch or something like that. And then from there he runs into the visitors' dugout. And then, and then the PA announcer says, "Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Hall of Famer Wade Boggs." Are you serious? Dang. I Holy shit you not. Cow. Wade Boggs. Come Wade on, Boggs, out of nowhere. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Yellow helicopter. Nice touch. <laughs> and a yellow polo shirt too. That's like cool. we're yeah, talking mustard yellow. <laughs> what would he have to do? Did he play the on the Padres? Yeah, you didn't know Fox? Yeah. <laughs> he may have actually played in Peoria when he was a minor league player. Oh, okay. So that's, yeah, I'm just, I'm like. So random, like though. Yeah, it just. It seems random. Yeah, because he played the majority of his career with the Red Sox and the Yankees. I don't. It was, you know what, it, it's tough to grow up in. Did you grow up in Chicago? I grew up in Downers Grove. In Downers Grove. All right, so close now, enough. So for those of you who don't know, that it's, it's this tiny, dirt poor coal mining town of about 300. And Isn't there a movie called Downers Grove? Oh, that's a, that's a story in itself. Yeah. Uh, there was a novel written, like a teen thriller novel called yeah. Downers Grove, like some like teen murder mystery or something like that, that was published back in 2000, 2001 or so. Right. And shortly after the book became, I would say, like a moderate bestseller. It sold moderately well. Sure. Uh, they, some, the Grove. author of the book sold the movie rights. Yeah. And it's been basically been limbo ever since. Yeah, I've, I heard uh, rumblings that they were going to make a movie or, mm-hmm. you know, and... 
But they weren't going to film it in Downers Grove. <laughs> yeah, they. I think they filmed it. At like it's not cost effective. Yeah, and then there was like. We can't uh, film this movie. We here. can't afford Downers Grove. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think uh, they're actually talking about like Chula Vista, California. Yeah, it's like a it's shooting like, location. Yeah. Chula Vista outside San Diego. Yeah, there's a lot of palm trees in Downers Grove. Sure. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, but the. It's the always 80 degrees year round in Downers Grove. Yeah, absolutely. And and people are surfing. And then. Uh, there was also a web series with the same name, had nothing to do with the novel, but really? basically it was called Downers Grove, and it was like this, um, this like web series only let, ran for like one season back in like 2012, and it was like some teenage coming of age story. Okay. And it didn't. Didn't do much. It well, it was an online series that just never gained momentum. Too early. Also filmed in California. Oh, of course. Yes. Of course, Downers Grove, bro. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. It's it's crazy. I you know it's yep. hometown it's of Macho Man Randy Savage. Now see that I didn't oh know. Yeah, he went to my high school. Are you serious? I kid you not. Uh, Randy Poffo, class yeah. seventy one, and no he idea. did not wrestle in high school. <laughs> he, we, that's, but he didn't really. This is the thing. This is the thing. Start up. You know, we were talking about Ryan Sandberg, and, I, mm-hmm. and this kind of goes into the Macho Man too. Mm-hmm. It's hard to be from in this area, mm-hmm. and I'm a Sox fan, but it was hard to. Not be a Cubs fan, you know, in the with those mid eight. You know, we're about the same age, roughly. Mm-hmm. You're probably much younger than I. I'm turning thirty in August. Yeah, so so a couple years younger, but I mean, the, the Cubs teams of the late '80s. I mean, come on. I mean, you, yeah, you could Dwight not. Smith and yeah. uh, Jerome Walton, yeah. Andre Dawson. You know, you had all these guys, and mm-hmm. it's hard to not be a fan of that team, right? And then Jody, the Macho Man's another one. At that saying. same yeah. time period, it was hard to not like the Macho Man Randy Savage. Come on, right. woo! So, but Randy uh, Savage uh, was uh, a two-sport standout. He was a power-hitting first baseman on the baseball team. I, I did hear that. that he and he was also, I believe, a offensive lineman. Really? Yeah, all-conference first baseman, and, but not a bad offensive lineman either. I think he was huh. an offensive tackle. Boy, did he make the wrong decision to go into pro wrestling and make millions of dollars. Right, <laughs> right. He could have made hundreds of thousands. Yeah, he was making yeah, all this money <laughs> batting 188 in single A and in the Cardinals farm system. And Can you can you imagine his dad? He says, uh, you could be playing for the Kane County Cougars right now, son. <laughs> you know, he's like... <laughs> <laughs> it's What's like, wrong with you? How do you, you know, at the time when <laughs> he joined professional wrestling, it was a lot <laughs> yeah. different than what we see now. And mm-hmm. and uh, it, it's uh, that had to have been a tough discussion he had with his, assuming he had a conversation. I don't want to play baseball, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, I think I'm going to be a pro wrestler. What? Oh, no, when son. people still thought it was real? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think people ever thought it was real. <laughs> that's <laughs> too funny, man. That's, that's Way crazy. back machine. Yeah. I was going to say, people get resurrected all the time. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, I mean, but all those wrestlers, man, the thing with those guys, they all die so young, you know? It's, True. It's unbelievable. Uh, some of them had, like, you know, PTSD. Oh, and yeah. Some of them were on steroids. You know, just it's, some... It's crazy. It's crazy. You've heard, them. like, horror stories about, like, Brother Hitman Hart and... Oh, Yeah. Yeah. It's like I heard Roddy Roddy Piper can barely walk now. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's no, you know, they're 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 in the. The Iron Sheik is in pretty bad shape too. He's bad. Ultimate Warrior is a, loony, lo- a lunatic. Mm-hmm. The Undertaker is now literally an Undertaker. Yeah, he is. And uh, he works at a funeral home in, in El Segundo. Right. <laughs> he he comes around once a year. I think he wrestles WrestleMania only, and that's it. Yeah, they bring back all the oldies. Yeah. The exactly. Rock left WWE at the right time. Yeah, and then came back. Mm-hmm. And then left. And it's too well, that's funny. another guy that was big with uh, high school sports, wasn't he? Stone Cold Steve Austin, oh, yeah. his children's birthday parties. Yeah, <laughs> like, the, like in Ghostbusters 2, the, the opening of <laughs> Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> and all the kids, nobody knows who he is. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> we want E-Man. What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's, it's crazy how, how that goes. Uh, no. I, you know, and I don't want to switch topics too much, but real quick, I got to get yeah. your take on Philip Seymour Hoffman. Were you a fan of his? Yes, I was. Yes, I was. Not like a huge fan, but it was just – he had this way of making a good movie great. Yeah. Uh, for me, I think I first became familiar with him. He had a really, like, outstanding year in, like, either 99 or 2000, yeah. where it was like – in one fell swoop, he was like – he was in Magnolia. He was in State and Maine. He was in Almost Famous. Uh, 
But of course, you know, he'd been working before that. He played like the little like rich kid prick in Sense of a Woman. He yeah. was in Twister. He was in Nobody's oh, Fool. Twister. Oh God. Yeah. That movie doesn't hold up if you ever go back and watch <laughs> it. it doesn't. Well, it was the '90s. Yeah. You know, I mean, he actually was probably the best part of Along Came Polly. He was I've, by I've, far the best part. He was, um, you know, because it was like I totally forgot about that movie. It's this, it's this paint by numbers romantic comedy with Ben Stiller and Jennifer Aniston. You know, and Aniston is like totally miscast for the part because right. she plays kind of like this like this flake who changes Ben Stiller's life. Spoiler yeah. alert! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Hoffman is like this like like gross coworker. <laughs> Who has to explain like the shirt? Yeah, and yeah. there's like that that shirts versus skins basketball scene. That's and great. Yeah, and it was for me. I was like uncharacteristic of him and other things. Because he doesn't do that. broad comedy. No, he was he was really good in Boogie Nights. If you saw oh, him Boogie that. Nights, of course. But uh, it was like the only thing I, I really knew. Him. I, I know he won Oscars and and, and stuff. Well, he only won the one Oscar yeah, for that, Capote. Yeah, Capote. three time nominee though. Yeah, and and then he, and he shows up in Along Came Polly, which is mm-hmm. like I. I I'll admit that I, was his like, one paycheck movie. Yeah, exactly. Right. And I like Ben Stiller. I, I don't have a problem mm-hmm. with him, but it, you know, like you said, it wasn't really a stretch of a movie for him. He's played that that guy in, in that exactly. In it's kind of like his he career. Seemed, he comes mm-hmm. across as the guy who could probably peel a banana with his feet. Yeah. And, <laughs> and he uh, he always gets like this hot girl at the end of the movie. Of course. I like Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Same way. I didn't see that. You know, my my, 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 my kid saw it. He's like, yeah, it's boring. <laughs> yeah, it's it's you know the trailer's more Secrets exciting than the movie out. itself. No yeah. at the same time, it's a remake of a TV show from the late '60s too. I thought that it was a remake, but you know what? I heard uh, somewhere I don't remember where I heard that uh, he really wanted to make this movie, and he had to do like a five-minute mm-hmm. um, clip. It was a it was a pet project of his. Yeah. Um, because before a TV series, it was a book by James Thurber. Okay. And. The TV show in itself was like a cult favorite. It lasted one year, but it was like some I call the original cult TV show besides sure. Star Trek. Huh. It was kind of like it had like a small but very devoted audience, but it just just not enough people were tuning in to merit being renewed for a second year. Right. But just the whole idea of basically just kind of this man who who daydreams and then lets his fantasies like spiral out of control. Sure. I mean, it's a, it's a universal idea, like a short right. story but even. they just haven't found the day. right way to execute the idea outside of the book. Really? Yeah. Wait, you read the book? Yeah. It's like a three-page thing. I mean, oh, really? it's it's, it's a novella, really. Really? Huh. And it's based, actually based loosely on the book. The book itself is a little more suburban. Really? Mm. It's well enough about Ben Stiller's projects. I think mm. we I think we can all agree that he's 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 on a tear right now. That's got I feel bad for him because I don't think that movie did very well. Yeah, I mean, a lot of, if a Ben lot Stiller of is listening, that. I mean, I I wholeheartedly apologize. Yeah, I don't think he's. Well, I feel better for him than I do for Phelps. You know, I, I really loved your I really loved gonna, your sketch show in the nineties. Yeah, I love that show. I have that on DVD. I love yeah. that show. Some of it hasn't aged well, but no. you know, there's some funny stuff there. There's some really funny stuff, like the grungies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's some things in there. He looks just like Chris Cornell in that sketch. Yeah, yeah. It it was it was old Ben Stiller before he had his teeth fixed. Mm-hmm. So young Jerry Stiller. But the people, but you go back and you 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 watch that mm-hmm. show and. The people that were on that show are, are, are still working, you know. It's yep, you know, some of, a lot of those people that were on Ben Stiller ended up on Mr. Show with Bob and David. One of my favorite shows of all time. So it's the American Monty Python. Yeah, it is. Because David Cross was a writer on that show, and he was also a bit player in a couple of sketches. You know, obviously Bob Odenkirk. Right. Uh, do you know Stavamontalos yep. was a writer on both shows. He's You know him as Starburns on Community. A lot of guys went to Conan from there, too. A couple of guys, yeah. 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 But that, 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 that One show. SNL writer, too. I don't think that show. I mean, I think that was still kind of so underground. So basically, you're saying you get one job, make a bunch of friends, and then just ride it. Well, yeah. You help each other out. It's I a mean, community. Like, like Stewart wouldn't. It's nice to do this show because mm-hmm. I'm gonna now. I owe him a favor. What I mean, obviously, I'd support his stuff. You know, now I think about it, my kidney is on the fritz. That's right. yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, you, you support each other, and that's that's kind of how how it works. And eventually, one person gets real big and forgets everybody else. Mm-hmm. But well. there's an odd chance that somebody <laughs> might get big and take you with them to do something else. I mean, I'll mm-hmm. remember you, but. Come on, yep. let's be realistic here, Dave. Well, yeah, that's that's one of my favorites. I and any it. publicity is, is good publicity. Yeah. This town, anyway. Show just on Mister Show. That's one. That's one. <laughs> yeah, I think it's one of the best. Next week. Ever. Yeah, but um, <laughs> the Bill and Dave Show devoted to the Mister Show. But going back to to your to your project, so you, you get uh, you get you get uh, the House of Stew, House of Stewart, House of Stewart, and it's um, uh, you're gonna get sketch comedy, a little improv, a little mm-hmm. um, stand up. 
Do you, yep. do you go out and see these acts before you invite them to do your show, or do you uh, just I mean, they're acts that I mean, they're acts that I've been familiar with for a long time. Like sure. my last show of the run, uh, again February twenty third, sure. uh, will feature McGarnacle again, okay. uh, plus the Shock Tees. And Shock Tees is kind of like uh, they're a band that does kind of like a sketch improv thing. Okay. And I went through Five Bs the first time around with Tyler Patterson, who was one okay. part of that trio. Shakti's have been around a while. Uh, again, it's, it's kind of like a musical, almost like a musical parody thing, but it's like musical improv, a little bit of sketch. You sure. know, they make up songs on the spot, and they're basically a full blown band. Wow, that's power tough, trio, man. really. I wish I had talent. Yeah, you know, you watch a good, you watch a good improv team. It's all about the mindset, my friend. It's all about the mindset. It's ma- it's it's magic when you see a good Im- when you see good improv. It's mm-hmm. it, you can't believe what you just saw and how, you know, they're mm-hmm. calling back stuff from. Mm-hmm. 20 minutes ago it's it's really a thing of beauty mm-hmm. and it's uh i mean it kind of goes back to what i'm doing with uh one group mind i actually just made a house team at one group mind where i think we're gonna have our first show in a couple of months oh really where at uh well just one group mind has been a little nomadic they sure. were originally at the main stage in rogers park okay then they moved to studio b for a little while and now they have a permanent residency at Lynx hall on oh, cool. the corner of Belmont and Sheffield, actually the same building as Underground Lounge. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, and my team's name is Kelly Machiavelli. Nice. Yes. Uh, so outside of theater, we're the Green Prince, <laughs> and well, what they emphasize is patterns. You know, okay. It's finding patterns, and it's something I kind of struggled with initially when we first met, um, because I mean, there's going to be like the one thing that you kind of see when you're kind of doing when you're making a pattern but then you see there's kind of like this the undercurrent of a second pattern and sure. then you have to kind of keep both patterns going okay and that's, that's, that's something that's that, a juggling that's, act <laughs> it is it, it can be a little trippy but at the same time i'm you know i'm, I'm getting the hang of it sure. and i feel that you know I, I i should be good to go you know once we finally have our first show together we're rehearsing about once a week we're right. rehearsing as a team it's a little bit longer th- than io you know when they've set up a new team and it it typically takes a new, a new I.O. team about five weeks to gestate before sure. they have their first show with uh, One Group Mind. Uh, typically, it's like four or five months, but they're, I think they're kind of accelerating the whole thing. They're sure. actually, we're actually meeting uh, once a week to practice for like two, maybe three months, and then we'll actually go on stage. Sure. And it's an organization that's 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 really grown over the last couple of years. They went from having 12 teams to 24. Holy cow. Yeah. And originally they were only playing one night a week, and now uh, you can see shows at One Group Mind three or four nights out of the week. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now, do you think there's a finite number of genres for improv? You know, I know there's a lot of games and stuff. I always mm-hmm. wonder, you know, is it possible in improv still to do something that hasn't been done before? That's a very good question. I think the possibilities are limitless. Yeah. Uh, and you just, it's just something, you'll always find something to explore or discover. Yeah. It, it just, I mean, it may not necessarily be like a rigid <coughs> kind of like straight genre, like, you know, like hard-boiled thriller or science fiction or Western or something like that. Sure. But then maybe you'll find like a subgenre within that. Right. Yeah, it's, it's fun. This is, this is way over Bill's head. Poor Bill does it. <laughs> well, let no. me no, explain it to you. <laughs> but no, it's, it's just, you know, the, um. So basically, Dave, what you're saying is everything is plagiarism at right. this point, and you're trying to... No, I just, you know, people <laughs> that have been, you know, like, uh, people that, that instructed, you know, especially, like, the instructors at places mm-hmm. like I.O. or Second mm-hmm. City, you know, when you have a group, and, and you, you're going to find new topics to talk about and stuff, mm-hmm. but I always wonder, you know, you talk about a form, and, and there's, like, a beginning, middle, and end, or, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes there's so not many. enough time to find an end. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And... It's uh, you just wonder how many different forms there are. You know, you get duos, you get you know, you get trios, you get you know, in our case, twelve people on a stage. Um, but I always wondered that. You know, is, are we showing any? Is anybody doing anything that that nobody's ever seen before? You know, and it's not that it even matters because I think mm-hmm. it can still be funny and borrow a form from somebody else. You know, I, I, I mean, there's no copyright on a particular yeah, form. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, exactly. Like, I mean, you could do. I mean, uh, the last show that we did at 
Gorilla Tango, we actually did kind of like an impromptu Armando. Oh, cool. Uh, the stand-up that I had booked for that evening ended up just being kind of like the monologuist. And he did like some, it was like a mix of the material that he was going to be performing anyway, but also like, you know, yeah, it was actually like selling, sharing personal stories. And then sure. we basically kind of like played out the scenes together. Right. So like Ar- Armando, like that's one where somebody comes up, does a monologue. And then they do scenes off of that? Like two or three scenes based on that, and then they come back out, do another short monologue, and then we do more scenes based on that. Yeah. Learning It'd be so fascinating much. stuff, you know, finding, like, comedy and, like, some, like, deeply personal stories. You right. know, it's like, I was like, you know, I was in this near-fatal car accident when I was 22 years old. Yeah. Okay, so the next thing you know, we do a scene yeah. that takes place at a driving school. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it, 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 you're not acting out verbatim what they said. I mean, you could, I guess, but mm-hmm. mostly you're you're pulling ideas, you know. Yeah, I think the car accident would be a bad move. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to do the, the accident, <laughs> but but yeah. So, um, so I'm sorry. Go, so go, so going back to um to the House of Stewart and, and a show like that where you you some of the people you know and and, and maybe you've gone to see and, and like. Mm-hmm. Um, do you find most people are willing to come do it, or is it uh, kind of a trick? Yes, uh, I mean ultimately, I mean. The people that I've worked with so far have been so, so supportive. I mean, they are, uh, I mean, these are people that I consider my friends. And, you know, it's, it's like, you know, if, I mean, they're willing to do a favor for me like this. And, you know, it's like originally my tech guy was doing a favor for me and him being my business partner. And now we're splitting the costs. And um, I guess the one obstacle has really just been scheduling yeah that's uh, because yeah. just some people just aren't free on sunday nights you know just it was a lot harder booking people on a wednesday night right um you know some people I'll just never hear back from i'll message them on facebook and ask and they'll just you know just like you know it's like then tumbleweed 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 yeah it's nice to get a response one way or another so yes you or know, no, at the same or time or you know yeah. it's like i don't intentionally burn bridges by any means you yeah. know it's like i might um, well, here to here first. I might have another run in May or June. Okay. You know, depending on how well this particular run goes. And, you know, I'm certainly going to be looking at new acts. Sure. You know, there are a few that I brought back for the first time around. Uh, actually, the first show that I did this past Sunday, actually, was I brought back all the people there from that last show that <laughs> I did at uh, Gorilla Tango. I, 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 well, that's a story in itself because I failed to sell any tickets for that particular show. Oh, man, what a heartbreak. And that's when we actually ended up doing kind of that Armando just for ourselves. Sure. But at the same time, I owed those – they're my friends, and I owed them a show. Right. So I was able to actually get them all together on the same night and actually do the oh, show that cool. we were supposed to do back in October. That's cool. That's yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's, that's tough. It's, it's, it's a hard – because it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. I mean, even just like – just we do this just bill and i and mm-hmm. even just the two of us getting together sometimes can be a well, challenge so we can uh, hitch our wagon for the uh, downers grove train right, right that's right, right. Yeah. yeah i believe it's called the burlington northern yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> burlington northern <laughs> god it's 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 but it's a struggle it's a struggle for two people and and i am sure it's a struggle putting a show together and mm-hmm. trying to get people to come out to the show and, and um, you know you I know I know that it's a struggle. It's a heartbreak when nobody comes out to d- to do it, or mm. when I look at my feed burner and I see that there's zero whop subscriptions. Whop. But in my, in our case, it's out there, and somebody could always trip on an old show. If you miss if you miss a show, you're you're, you're missing out. If you're missing mm-hmm. if you missed last week at House of Stewart, you're not going to see what happened again. You know what I mean? Exactly. You know, it's it's uh, especially if it's improv because it's just the, it's the spontaneity of yeah. of the of the element. And you could see you could see pure man. I mean. There, I don't think there's. You can go see a play in Chicago, but I don't think mm-hmm. you, you'd be amazed. You'd be amazed what you could stumble on at at, at an improv right, show. Exactly. Why spend thirty dollars yeah. at Steppenwolf and you can spend eight bucks at the House of Stewart? Exactly. And you know what you're going to see is you're going to see probably people that are having more fun and being more a little bit more creative. You mm-hmm. know, um, and taking more mm-hmm. risks. I, I I might say for, mm-hmm. for the most part. Yeah, and uh, I mean it's it's allowed people that are actually doing like written stuff to actually like experiment with material too. Like the very first show I did at Gorilla Tango, um, I had a sketch team on that was actually testing material for Sketchfest. Oh, cool! And I actually saw some of that. Well, because of the way that Gorilla Tango was set up, you know, I could hear the sketches backstage. I couldn't actually see them. Sure. But I could actually see them in person when I saw that team play at Sketchfest. What was that? Two or three weeks ago. Oh, that's a blast. Yeah, I missed out on it this year. That's a blast too. I only got to see three shows just because of 
Yeah. And what is the deal? Why is it so da- so so damn expensive? I mean, I realize you got to pay. You know, they you got to pay for stuff, but boy, they really. A lot well, of people. Just because shows at stage seven, seven, three are a little on the pricey end. Yeah, and that's I mean, it's not, it's a I don't want to badmouth seven, seven, three. Of no, course, no, no, not at all. It's a beautiful place. They do a great job with it, and that mm-hmm. stuff costs money, and it costs. And then I there's a lot of upkeep involved to that yeah. theater too, because they had renovations a couple of years ago, and. But it's tough. It's you a know. huge. I mean, it's a huge venue too, because you have the four stages and. Right. Hmm. I wish they would see. You have to pay for each show you want to see, and I, to my knowledge, mm-hmm. they don't have like a pass where if you want to go see four or five shows in an evening you, you know you have to pay 20 25 dollars for each one i think they actually did offer a pass this oh, year did they? Oh, okay. uh if they had like just kind of like a weekend pass you oh, know whether it's week cool. one or week two of sketch fest oh that's you know cool, you can see yeah. all the shows you wanted for like i don't know 40 or something right that's more reasonable yeah, than it's, it's, it's hard mm-hmm. to it's people that, that are into this stuff you know like I mean, we're not rich, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's and at the same time, there's all that tough. staff at 773 as well because yeah. they have all the coordinators. And, you know, you have this, like, the small crew of people that introduce, like, each of the sketch shows. Oh, yeah. Yeah. From, it's, it's amazing. This, I mean, if you, haven't, if you haven't seen that, it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people come from all over the country to, to, to check mm-hmm. it out. But um, at any rate, I would say let's get some more plugs in. So we got the House of yeah. Stewart. That's right. February 23rd. Through February 23rd, through February Sunday nights th- at yeah. 7.30. Okay. Uh, now, um, the show that is coming up this Sunday, I'm not sure when this is going to be online, but on uh, Sunday. tomorrow. That's how quick we are. 24 hours. Yeah. It's lightning. Awesome. Well, this coming Sunday, February 9th. Okay. Uh, I am, it's going to be a special show. It's a Valentine's Day thing where I'm inviting what I call the power couples of improv. Nice. Uh, basically, couples on the improv scene that are dating will be doing two-person improv together. Actually, one might, cool. thing, yeah. <laughs> one might be doing sketch. One might be actually doing sketch, but oh, wow. uh, predominantly improv. Uh, so uh, headlining yeah. will be Stacy Smith and Sam Ruse, okay, who both play at I.O. Uh, I'm also going to have Kat Bond and Josh Robinson, uh, Joey Dundale and Annie Donnelly, uh, Caitlin Steven and Adam Schreck, and then Jennifer Bureau and Charles Rasmussen. Oh, man. Man, yeah. you're good with names. Plus one yeah. stand-up who tends to do like a lot of relationship humor. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Uh, her name is Melissa Rochelle. Nice. Yeah. What a cool idea. That's a big lineup. That is a big lineup. Yeah. And I'm, I'm so blessed I was able to actually book all of them. And they're all going to be doing sets on Sunday nights. Excellent. Um, and again, it's $8. You know, if you happen to be anywhere near Lakeview, I hope you can check it out. Uh, yeah. There is no football game going on. Thank so God. you have no excuse. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Maybe college basketball. I don't know, but other than that, we'll definitely. I'll definitely. We'll we'll put it on Facebook and yeah, absolutely and and push it and tweet it out. Yep. And uh, there is a Facebook event for House of Stewart. Sure. Yep. 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 That way, our follower can see. Yeah, we'll we'll, mm-hmm. we'll definitely we'll 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 share that. Um, Facebook dot com slash House of Stewart. We'll, we'll get the link up. And that's, that's right. I mean, you'll just uh, you can just share the link. It's it's like all sorts of letters, and numbers, and encryption, and yeah, they'll make it easy. And then uh, Stew News. That's right, Stew News. It's two words: S T U N E W S. And at the moment, I, I would say I have. Well, I, I don't want to brag, but over four hundred likes at the moment. Well, you we, well look. I don't want to brag either, but we've got thirty-four likes. Wow! Oh, wow. <laughs> and you guys just started, right? Yeah, yeah. Like no, that's a, that's a very good start. Two months. Very ago. good start. <laughs> advertising has helped a little bit, though. Yeah. Because yeah. I've uh, I've coughed up a little money for advertising. Does it? Yeah, I, I looked at yeah. that. I always wondered if that was legit or not. So I would say, at this rate, I would say, forty-five mm, percent of the of the likes are Facebook friends. Okay. Forty-five percent. I've well, got. Good. I have. People, I have likes from like all across the globe. I, I guess I somehow uh, people in Israel caught wind of Stu News. People, nice. Australia, New Zealand. So you gotta watch the anti-Semitism jokes. Uh, I think we don't have to worry about that. <laughs> right, right. No Mel Gibson jokes. Right. Uh, actually, um, actually caught people caught wind of me in Liberia. Liberia. Wow. Now Liberia, for those of you who don't know. Is the only future. country in Africa where the predominant language is English. That's right. They, because they were the bad guys in Back to the Future. Back to the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, yep. It was settled by basically freed American slaves in the 1820s and 1830s. Oh, and boy. The, Awkward. Yeah. 
Yeah, and they basically <laughs> it basically set up a colony and became its own country. It was actually like the first independent country in Africa, I think. I didn't first know that. or second. They made it back. And they've yeah, and I mean it's tons. not. It's. Was well, actually um, both. I mean that country has had struggles, but at the same time, you know, it's. This it remains, you know, it's it's like right on the on the like the. Sub-Saharan, like the Horn of Africa, like the northwest part of the of the continent. It just blows my mind that you could have somebody in Liberia like you on Facebook. That's yeah, not not you personally, but just in general, mm-hmm. like I mean, like come something on. on Facebook. Yeah, they found a professor in the in that dark parking lot yeah. on that random night. They can. But I just I just think like yeah. their possibilities are limitless. It's I mean, I've seen pictures of Monrovia. Monrovia is the capital. It's it's basically almost like a shanty town. It's it's not a it's not a rich country by any means. But the fact that there are people in Liberia that like students and get it, you know, it's it's like that's that's really wonderful. I've got to ask you, did you learn all this about Liberia before or after they liked you in Liberia? You know, I actually was. I actually remember doing like a like a like a like a short report on Liberia when I was in high school. So I was I was aware. I was aware. So you should post that on students just to have fun with it a little bit. That's, their that's uh, their former president was actually on tribunal at the UN a few years ago oh, for corruption. Oh man! <laughs> and he has like the least African name ever. It's Charles Taylor. Oh nice. Yeah, <laughs> that was probably yeah. maybe a pass know. down. Chuck. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And they actually just selected their first first woman president too. Oh well, so. see, they're already well, far, much farther advanced this. than we are. Mm-hmm. Well, that's awesome. Well, I don't yeah. want to keep you. Would you soon? believe they actually had their first black president like over a hundred years before we did? They did. Yeah. What? <laughs> Outrageous. <laughs> oh, man. Well, Easy, Stu, thank man. you so much for coming on. We'll make sure to post the links. And, oh, you're uh, very welcome, Dave. It was a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> so my, my key takeaway for it were House of Stewart and Wade Boggs likes yellow. Yeah, yellow. He flies yeah, around the yellow. Mustard yellow with black slacks. <laughs> I learned a lot about Liberia. A lot more uh, than I thought I would. Well, it please. borders the Ivory Coast. <laughs> I just, yeah. Wild. <laughs> well, I, we'd love to have you on again, and uh, we'll go check out House of Stewart and Stu News, and we'll post everything. And thanks again, Stuart. Hopefully, you come back Remember. and join Oh, us you're again. most welcome. It was a pleasure. Maybe, maybe like we'll laughs. take the show on the road and go uh, do a little pregame at House We're of Stewart one right day. Mm, maybe. There we go. <laughs> love to see you there. It's only eight dollars a ticket. There we go. There you go. All righty. Bill, you can cover it. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much.